Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Vision USA. I feel like I've been here before. <laughs> it's all very eerie. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Do 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 do. Wow. We'll get to that in a second. Joining us, all of America's Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Do I have to do mine again, or can we go back and do the the get the, the get the one where I said hi a minute ago? Yeah, can that's you, fine. Can you fly that in? I'll just I'll just pull it from one of the way old episodes, and it's I mean it's just hi every time. Right. Yeah. That's what we do on most of yours. Lee's only said hi once in the history of the show. Sure, exactly. The thing... It's it's Matt's ringtone. Sure. The thing we're referencing is uh, we just tried to uh, record an episode and got about five minutes into it, and the uh, recording just decided that it didn't want to be recorded and stopped. <laughs> now, there are many things to comment on in that. One of my favorites is that in the lost bit of that episode, Jed started with a reference to the 1950s Marlon Brando movie On the Waterfront. True. Which is a very old reference that we mocked him for. So then on this one, instead of any other kind of maybe a paranormal activity, a uh, a Doctor Who reference. Sure. Any sure. of these things about, you know, weird paranormal things. He went Twilight Zone. Yeah. He went a show before color TV was a thing. Yeah. Jed's just trying to be traditional is the thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he just has a need to reference things no one understands. Sure. <laughs> now, just so I know, yeah. are we asserting about to get personal up in I'm here. alone in that? <laughs> About to get very personal up in here. Mostly, uh-huh. I can't think of we any time a, I've done that. I mean, like when we were having a staff dinner two hours ago, and you were telling people about Kierkegaard. I have no idea what you people are talking about. Uh huh. Let me tell you what. What is the only person who, not as an affectation, not to be aggressive, anytime you hear him talking about music, he has to say just to make you feel better. You probably haven't heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Korean rock band, biker rock band out of L.A. Yeah, it's okay that you haven't heard of them. You that's, shouldn't have. That's nowhere near the weirdest thing in my iPod right now. So, as we were talking last time, and this makes it, it is a little spooky because we were talking about there's an idea, and uh, you may have heard about in the podcast, the wider podcasting world. Uh, Mark Maron's done a lot on it. Maybe Adam Carolla and some other people you shouldn't listen to because they're naughty. Yeah, they're naughty. Well, that's one of the that's one of the reasons you shouldn't listen to, listen to Adam Carolla. The other one is he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's a much more realistic reason not to listen to that. But uh, there's this idea of patent trolling in the uh, podcasting, and we want to address it just so people don't get worried. The idea is basically there are people 10, 15 years ago who put out a very vague patent for the idea of syndicated audio on the internet. And uh, now they're basically trying to, anyone who's making a decent amount of money kind of podcasting, they're trying to uh, sue them to say, you can't put out podcasts unless you pay us. Well, we're going to get sued, y'all. I don't think we're going to get sued. Yeah, I don't think we are. We're going to get sued big time. You sound almost excited at that prospect. We're going to get, they're going to come after us, man, with a team of lawyers and things and and concerns and issues. Well, well the people that are coming after now are, uh, as we mentioned, Adam Carolla, who I think has like the Guinness World Record for the most da- podcast downloads. Come after Mark Marin, who's been written up in the New York Times right. for podcasting several times. There are some big networks, Nerdist and Earwolf. I don't think they're going to come after us. I don't think we're going to profile level. They're going to they're going to tr- they're going to cu- they're going to throw everything at us that they can. Well, I don't think they will. So they're about, after is money, and in the history of this podcast, we have netted. Let me check the books here. Zero dollars. Let me tell you what. Legal precedents. Yeah. And you know what? I'm <laughs> understand what I'm trying to tell you. Tell me. I'm showing up at the court. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, you go, y'all can hire lawyers for your part, but I'm going to do my own. You're going to be acting as your own attorney. There's you a bet. saying about that. It's That's not your constitutional right, man. Let me tell you what. I'm gonna. You know what it's gonna be? I object. Just everything. <laughs> Whatever they say. Yeah. I object. Okay. And then that'll that'll just bog the whole process down. I thought maybe you'd shout overruled at everything. That no they question. Say. <laughs> well, it's after you yell, I object. You just yell overruled. Well, like if they say <laughs> something, everyone. If they say something I like, I'll say I'll allow it. Okay. You know, like okay. that. But, you know, and then at some point I'll say, you know, you're out of order, you're out of order, the whole system's out of order, that whole thing. Right. Uh, 
but you know, I'm gonna be calling witnesses. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Okay, this is gonna be a thing. Okay. Surprise witnesses. They, hey, they're gonna be sorry they came after us, man. And then in the chamber, he's just got a "You can't handle the truth" as loud as he can. Exactly right. You know, f- uh, free Uncle Glenn T-shirts. You right. Know? <laughs> right. I mean, we won't be in jail because it's a you know a civil, it's a suit. civil suit. That's but, not you know. happening. I can't stress that part enough. Well, well, Glenn, not to let you down, bro, because I know you're excited about this. Right, but they, right. They've actually already filed their lawsuits, uh-huh. and we did not make the cut. What do what now? The, we we didn't get sued. We we we, we did not, not sued. definitively how, did not. How get did sued. we not get sued? Uh, yeah. I mean, on what basis uh, could we possibly not be sued? Well, we don't have any money. And right. the lawsuits are about money. <laughs> That's kind of the crux of it. Well, okay, yeah, but uh, pretty much, I, th- I I'm not certain about this, but I think we're probably the most high profile podcast out there. We're, That's demonstrably not true. Yeah, we're really not. Man. I mean, like up in the top, you know, echelon. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, but let me put this out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you don't like it, send it right back. Send it right back to me. Okay. Let me hear. <laughs> Give me your pitch. Who says more suable things on the internet? Well, there you have a point. Okay. okay well, now That's we we switched true. gears to. Is the the problem is no longer that we aren't profitable to the point where we're a target for big lawsuits. Now were you just offended? Nobody's taken put in the effort to sue us at all. That's exactly right. Okay. How dare you? Yeah. Let me tell you what. We were on this podcast three seconds, and Jed is noodling along on the theme song to a TV show no one's ever seen before. That's copyrighted material. Yeah. How are we That's not getting true. sued? We're not. Th- I mean, we say roll tape. Three seconds later, Jed is violating a copyright infringement situation right there. Yeah. Absolutely. That happens like well, 50 times an episode. Well, I will say this. We have been, and I don't know if Mark Marin or any of these other guys can say this, we have been red flagged. Dude, we, we've we, been banned. We, have, we have been banned and red flagged from Wheaton College. Okay? Not only that, but our own wives have, have, uh, have had... You know, we've been in trouble with our wives over this podcast, I've been, too, which is, a, which is a more serious situation. Hey, I have been censured. Yeah. <laughs> I I have uh, You've been, been held in contempt. I've been I've been held in deep contempt <laughs> and uh, penalized. Yeah. And I've been uh, warned and, uh, uh, sure. you know, uh, given, uh, you know, time out and everything. So uh, you're going to try and say. I'm not suable. Yeah. I yeah. don't think so. Right. And we're not even talking about the international incidents that have nearly kicked off. Well, those are more a case for the UN than the, the US courts, really. Well, I guess, but you know what I mean? I mean, that's 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 worse than your old, you know, piddly little uh, oh, I got a podcast lawsuit, whatever. Hey, look, we're 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 kicking off international beefs here. Sure. Okay. So, um you know, plus we're dealing with potential attacks from Joel Osteen, who's sending possibly the time traveling cyborgs back from the future to try and take us out before we become the number one podcast, which would make us totally suable. Sure. That's making all of our recording equipment not work. That's totally. why we had problems trying to record this episode. All the equipment went hay wacky. We're like the mighty ducks of podcasting. I. I am pretty I was sure what Emilio Estevez was doing here. I'm almost deadly certain you have not seen that movie at all. <laughs> I have. I have. But uh we are we are we are uh we're the underdogs, y'all. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We're trying to fight the man. We need John Leguizamo to come in and be our coach that's gonna rally okay. us to victory. Okay, pretty that's sure you what mean we need. Emilio Estevez, who is a totally different person from John Leguizamo. Was like Le- a seriously really different person. Leguizamo yeah. wasn't the coach of that? No. That was Estevez. Yeah. What's wrong with you? That's the only thing Emilio Estevez is famous for. Really? Young guns, dude. Don't hate on young guns. I, I enjoyed young guns. That was wasn't good. Wasn't that a movie that had John Bon Jovi in an acting role? <laughs> No, dude, he just did the soundtrack, man. That's better. But he was wanted. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Now, see, occasionally let Richie Sambora write one. We'll see how that turns out. I'm trying to say right now, if you, you know what? I got the solution. Okay. You don't sue me, I sue you. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're talking preemptive countersuit. Dang right. Sure. Okay. They, we First know strike capability. Almost certainly they're gunning for us. All right. right. I think this is an interesting exercise. I think mm-hmm. I got, I ha- have, that which I always keep handy, a list of Christian celebrities with podcasts who are more successful than ours that maybe we could right. take a shot at. And let's just do some brainstorming of what we could sue these people for. Right. I think first and foremost has to be Brother Osteen. Right. As we pointed out, we don't know him. He seems nice. Right. No idea, but he's he's the number one. He's a right. big target. What what would you sue Joel Osteen for? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Well, I think we Is could, it really? I think we could say defamation of character by virtue of ignoring us, making us feel bad about ourselves. Well, period. <laughs> Um, I well, we've had a, a lot of computer and you know equipment malfunctions. Right, we've had problems like with iTunes with downloads and stuff over the years. Uh, I think we can make a case that that's Joel Osteen sending cyborgs back from the future to interfere with us. I think that's a case I can make. Okay, you feel can, that's a, that's a civil a civil case worth making? I can I can lay it out. Okay, some of it's circumstantial. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. But if it walks like a tri- time traveling cyborg, <laughs> talks like a time traveling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If it quacks like a time traveling cyborg, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a time traveling cyborg. To uh, to quote another famous Supreme Court decision, you may not know a time what a time what makes a time tra- traveling cyborg, but you know it when you see it. That's yes. exactly right. Well so done, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You before they trans because we know they're coming for us, right? So you know yeah. what. We go on the offensive. I like it. See what I mean? I like it. We see you now. How do you like that? All right, let's keep going here. Um, <laughs> coming at number two, number ten. I'm sorry. In the uh, the iTunes Christian podcast chart is uh, Mars Hill Church. Mark Griscoll. Do we have thought of what we might sue him for? Very high profile gentleman. I, let me uh, not. You know, unfortunately, I think Brother Mark is. Already being sued? His legal docket may be a little full. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, you know. Although, you know, should it ease up hoodie infringement? Okay. Putting that out there. Hey, you know what? I'm going to just say this now. Tell and me. And I'm not trying to kick off a controversy. Tell me. I'm just trying to tell you the facts. Tell me. I had a hoodie long before he started wearing a hoodie. Hoodie infringement. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's true. You think maybe I, he's patent the hoodie? Days. That's what I'm talking about. Let me tell you what. I was doing... Hood, I was doing ministry in a hoodie long before that dude came on the scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're welcome. That's a case right there. All That's right, a case. Let's try another one here. Um, this uh, let's let's to keep it uh, to keep it equal opportunity. Let's go to a female. This is a very successful woman who has both number the both the number nine and eleven podcasts on the iTunes Christian chart. Joyce Meyer. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, dude, if she's got two separate podcasts that are beating us, I'm talking about monopolistic business practices. There you go. You're going to go full yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. That's what I'm talking Trust about. Trust bust. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what it is. Try I think to... one time I was flipping the channels and one of her flipped by where she was giving a sermon. I think my ears started bleeding. <laughs> that might be. You're saying it may or may not be related? I think it may be recorded as a, at an inappropriate volume that's okay. unsafe for public consumption there okay. might be a personal injury suit there sure, sure yeah, it's like a noise a noise ordinance uh, yeah. let's, uh, number two on the itunes chart right behind osteen is uh, tim keller mm. from redeemer church in new york right he's kind of a cool dude though yeah um can we sue him for being overly presbyterian but here's what i'm saying can we okay. sue him for disseminating the thought that theology is cool mm. which yeah, has had deep societal possible. ripples that's mm. a possibility now here, I'm going to blow your mind now. Blow my mind. The podcast people are not suing us. Right. I'm talking about the the guys who, they're suing everybody else, but right. they're not suing us. Right, right. Those are the guys we sue. Oh, okay. okay. We sue you because yeah. you didn't sue us. So we sue the patent right. trolls. Right. Can yeah. we sue because they hurt our feelings? I think that's definitely well, true. Well, I think we are under the impression internally that we're the most successful, important podcast right. on earth. Right. By them not suing us, that feels like slander to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, Saying we're not. That, it adds up. It adds up, y'all. Here, here's one thing that they can't prove untrue, which is that we possibly will be the most popular podcast one day. So 
I, I mean, it feels like the American thing to do to sue for uh, hurt feelings. Totally. You know, here's what I'm that saying. That was some sharp social commentary on the Say That podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, brotherly. Because this is what it is. We're we're trying to come up in this podcast game. You sure. know, we, come on now. We we want to we want an opportunity to get them sweet 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 podcast numbers. Yeah. And it's like we're trying to get recognized and noticed. Yeah. Okay. We want people to see what we're on and how we do. Yeah. Okay. By you leaving us out of this, see, that's making a statement. These guys don't even, they don't even count enough for that. That's you trying to put us down. Yeah. You trying to destroy this podcast. We got to sue you for that. Absolutely right. See what I mean? We're trying to come up in the world. You keeping us down. You know what? We see you first. Yeah. I like that if you just go back and listen to that last kind of paragraph from Glenn, it started out, we're trying to come up in this podcast game, keeping us down, we want to show them how we do. I'm starting to think that that's what the first verse would be if Nas wrote a song about trying to come up in podcasting. <laughs> I'm also deeply disturbed that I sat here for a good 30 seconds while I was going on trying to think of a rapper more current than Nas, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so if you ever wonder how white is Matt, that white. Sure. Had to go back to about 93 to pull a rapper name. Well, it's a seminal record, Podmatic. So. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. I think we're ready to move on. Here's the important thing is I don't think we ever declared an emergency in that, which is Do an emergency not? in and of itself. So now I think. We're slipping, dude. Yeah, we are. That, that's twice recently we forgot to declare we, the emergency. No, we, record, we declared an emergency on the podcast that got. Uh, that, that that's got true. destroyed by the, the Osteen board. That's true. Well, that's a double emergency, which we now have to declare double off. I declare double C, double emergency off, including applicable to the previous unaired snippet that was probably destroyed by Osteen's uh, cyborgs or other entities heretofore unforeseen. Here in perpetuity throughout the universe. That I say, sustained. (laughs) All right. If you have heard us talk about, we need one more little quick plug for our Bridge Box service. Every month you get sermons, songs, devotionals, and stuff around a topic that ministered to you. This month's is how do I actually forgive someone? We take a look at the difference between forgiveness and rebuilding trust and restoring a relationship. What does the Bible actually say about that? How do you do that in your normal life? Next month's coming up, what preview for you is how do I share the gospel without being a jerk? Yes. So for someone who's in ministry, if you've got some questions about that, $8, you'll get a ton of material showing you how to do that. That material ministers to you, and that $8 allows us to minister to people here in Chicago who are coming out of gangs, coming out of jail, coming off drug addiction, trying to turn their lives around, and you give us the resources to help them do that. Or you can sign up for the special Lee Younger Bridge Box, which goes to support Lee's music ministry, ministry with youth, and ministry there in Tennessee. And also a little bit of that goes to us in Chicago, so you're supporting us. Jed, something real quick. Dude, if I was looking for like a super swanky, super awesome, and exclusive Lee Younger t-shirt, could you sweeten the pot for me and maybe throw one of those in? I don't care for the phrase sweeten the pot. It sounds like you're <laughs> suggesting something terrible. Well, hello there, Matt King. Hello. I was going for a drug reference. Jed made it even dirtier. <laughs> Welcome to the show, folks. <laughs> yes, if you sign up for the Lee Younger Bridge Box, you will get the brand new limited edition Lee Younger free t-shirt printed on really awesome, high-quality, kind of American apparel-esque uh, thin t-shirt with a uh, a hand-designed feather logo by Lee and some lyrics from one of the songs. It says, I'll never be the same. Good stuff. You can get that when you sign up for Bri- Lee's Bridge Box at missionusa.com slash BBLY. Or you can sign up for the special combo, which you can email me for that link at matt at missionusa.com to get both Bridge Box and Lee's Bridge Box for only $12 a month instead of the normal 16 You can sign up for Bridge Box on its own at missionusa.com slash Bridge box. All right, we're going to jump into our questions here. If you have a question for us, hang out with us all the way to the end, and I will give you some ways to get in touch with this. First question came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, so I'm volunteering at a church camp this summer, but summer is a long way away still. I want to know how I can serve every day. I've done a few outreach things with my youth group, but most of the time we're not doing anything. I want to know how I can see opportunities every day to serve. Thanks. Lee, can you kick us off? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the other two guys that are going to answer this question give you some great ideas on, 
on how to get involved with ministries, you know, uh, you know, to the least of these, and and you know how to you know how to look for those kind of opportunities in your community. I want to speak specifically to this idea of your youth group and how could you serve around your youth group before you head off to this camp, especially since it feels like to you that that uh, we you know for a large part we don't do anything. Um, one of the th- and, and and I'm going to kind of let you into a secret on some of the, the the way that I do youth ministry, the way that some of the people I know do youth ministry, and and this kind of broadens out to any kind of ministry uh, when you get down to it. This is kind of this a secret sauce kind of moment here, which is that when most people and I'd say this is most people in in my church, most people around, when they look at my ministry, they probably think that the most important thing I do all week is the is the Sunday night Bible study where the high school kids come together at the play, you know, the room at the church and uh, teach them something from the scriptures and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we have a time of worship together. They probably think that's the most important thing I do. And I will say it's very important to me. I pour a lot of work into it, get ready for it. It's, uh, I, I make sure it's something that, that, you know, the kids can grow and the scriptures and the whole thing. And uh, they get to be together and hang out, fellowship, all that stuff. It's important. But the most important stuff that I do, nobody ever sees. Um, the most important thing I do in youth ministry is when I am hanging out one-on-one with somebody in our ministry. Amen. Um, uh, it, it's going to happen tomorrow. I got a text from a guy who wants to go have lunch, one of my favorite dudes, and uh, that, that, that's around our church, and we're going to go hang out, and we're going to have some lunch, and we're going to talk about our lives. And it's the most important thing I do. I, I pour a lot of prayer time into those meetings before I go to them. I pour a lot of prayer time into those meetings when I leave that place. <coughs> um, that, that one-on-one ministry, it's, it, it, it's uh, these guys will tell you, Jed and Glenn and Matt, th- these guys will tell you, that's where you get the most work done. Amen. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's, the, that's the full concentrate of your heart, your wisdom, your ministry straight into the exact problem that somebody else is hap- having. Now, uh, folks at my church, you know, that they might not know that those meetings go on. They think, well, he's our youth minister, so he does the youth group. And the youth group is this thing that meets once a week, and they talk about the Bible, and so that's the most important thing. It's important, but it's nowhere near as important as meeting one-on-one with people and finding out what, how can I help you, how can I pray for you, what's holding you back, and how can we get you through that thing, or, uh, or just building the relationship that one day is going to get us there. The thing I would tell you before you go to your camp is I want you to look for opportunities to do that thing. Look for people who are lonely. Look for people who don't have a ton of friends. Look for people you know are going through a rough situation and invite them to go hang out with you. Invite them on a walk at a park in your town. Invite them to breakfast. Invite them to go get a cup of coffee or some ice cream or something like that and just hang out with one person at a time. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be uh, magical, amazing. You don't have to share the gospel or else it didn't count, anything like that. What you want to do is you want to build a relationship with somebody. And as the Lord opens the door, you walk through and answer their questions and talk to them about the things that are bothering that kind of stuff. So I would encourage you to look for that kind of ministry, some kind of one-on-one situation where you're just showing somebody the love of Jesus and you know, uh, being there for them and all that kind of stuff, setting up the kind of relationship where you can really get ministry done when they need it. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah, I think the uh, the key thing is to broaden your definition, your idea of what the Bible calls the least of these. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible uh, says that, ju- that, that Jesus will uh, judge us according to the way we treat uh, the people who are homeless, the people who uh, uh, are in in prison, people who are sick and so forth, the way that we deal with people at the bottom of life. Uh, but I think it's important to broaden that definition if you're doing youth ministry to uh, for your youth to be able to see the least of these in whatever room they're in, so to speak, uh, to, yeah. to see that everywhere. I mean, no question they need to see that in international missions. They need to see that in, in people starving overseas. They need to see it um, in maybe the poor side of town where you live. But they need to see that 
again, like I'm saying, in every room that they're in. There's, when, when I was in uh, high school, we had a really dynamic, really active youth group that benefited me greatly. And uh, I don't know how it is in, in, with your kids and, and your youth, but uh, when I was coming up, it was a big deal to be a senior, and you were really proud and excited to be a senior. And to be a freshman was like you were like the lowest person and barely whatever, and you were uncool and whatever because you were just a freshman, and the seniors were really cool. Uh, so the youth group. Did you grow up in dazed and confused? I I did. I did. Okay, I really did. Um, uh, but uh, that was just a thing. I mean, it was just you, it was just a big big uh, deal. So uh, the our youth group, um, they worked that out, and the seniors would drive the freshmen to and from the meetings. They'd pick them up and 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 uh, make sure they made it to the meetings. Well, that was, you know, it, it, suddenly you're the least cool kid in, in, in the school, and one of the coolest kids in the school is picking you up in his car and driving you to, to youth group meetings. That, that, was, that made a profound statement. There was something above and beyond that whole social order of things that was going on in the, in the heart and the mind of this senior. I, I remember when I went to my first meeting, very first meeting of our high school youth group, I walked in to the room and there was a guy that had maybe seen me once and maybe shook hands with me once, uh, said, and the, there was a room full of people and I sort of walked in and sat down and he said, hey, look, Fitz is here. Now, uh, first of all, I don't know why he was excited because, you know, he had no reason to be. Second of all, no one in the history of my life had ever been happy that I was anywhere. So that was uh, that was a shocker. Um, just from that, I can tell you for the next four years, I never missed a single meeting that youth group had. That man I'm telling you about was the best man at my wedding. Uh, that man ended up going to full-time ministry, uh, and, and he and I have been buddies ever since. Uh, that's how much of an impact your kids can have on the other kids coming into your meeting. That's, you know, there's a ministry value. There's an outreach value to that. I would really encourage you to look at it that way. Um, second thing is, and I can't stress this enough, if you prepare your kids in a discipleship kind of way, along the lines of what Lee is describing, one-on-one type stuff, but if you build in some outreach skills, you build in some abilities to share their faith based on the way that you've worked with them, then I'm, I'll tell you this, that opportunities will present themselves. If you have a prepared group of people who are well-discipled and well-schooled and they know how to share their faith because they've been taught about that, God will make sure something comes up where they're able to share that faith with other people. So um, that does give us a bit of uh, uh, an, an impetus to say let's focus on the preparation and building stuff into these guys. Final quick little note on that, I would say, is to cultivate relationships with people who do outreach type ministry that do least of these ministry missions stuff that do local uh, social service type stuff or whatever have you. The truth is there's a lot of church folks coming in and dabbling on stuff. And sometimes that does more damage than it does good. Uh, There's a lot of uh, ministries that have youth groups come through during the summer or whatever. In a lot of cases they're trying to raise money with that and they'd rather these uh, kids just, you know, you know, behaved a little better and we're, weren't doing quite as much of a distraction and all that. Uh, the, the truth is uh, sometimes with these short-term missions things and with these sort of these dabbling kind of things, uh, we're not striking the exact right note. And I think the kids pick up on that and they don't feel as excited and things kind of don't quite go the way you want them to go. Cultivate relationships where you can talk to a guy who's doing stuff, whether it be missions, a local social service stuff, whatever, and ask him, what would be ideal for you? What, how can we serve you the very, very, very best way possible? What would that look like? And maybe if it's not you, maybe it's another organization similar to yours. How can we do the most good? How can we do that on more of an ongoing basis? What would that look like? How would I have to prepare our kids? What can we do? Maybe it's nothing, but maybe he gives you an idea. Maybe he sends you to a different kind of ministry, and you continue to pursue that. But if you have a sense of where you're going to do the most good, that's going to instill that love and that for those kids. Absolutely, Jed. 
It's all really good stuff, man. I just add one quick thing, really, which is to bring together what both Glenn and Lee said. So Lee talked about, you know, uh, uh, focusing on just building relationships and hanging out and, you know, uh, building that bond. And uh, Glenn talked about kind of focusing on kids that are left out and forgotten and, you know, um, figuring out how do we um, connect in a helpful way with, uh, you know, more social service type of least of these stuff. What I encourage you to do, is if you've got, you know, a couple, you know, three people in your life that you're really intently focusing on just building a relationship, when you go to volunteer at the homeless shelter or the soup kitchen, bring them with you. Um, that has been a huge part in my life of people where I was, you know, kind of helping to disciple them and point them to Jesus, um, getting them plugged in, even if it was only a handful of times of going and doing something where they're physically serving other people's needs had a huge impact on their lives. Um, and, you know, Lee was talking about you know, as they, you know, have questions about spiritual stuff, you can ask them about, you can help to answer those questions. The truth is, if you take them and, you know, to a thing where they're helping to ladle soup and love on people, encourage people, they're going to want to talk about spiritual stuff as you're driving home that night. Yeah. That's that's a guarantee, man. So you're stacking the deck. Um, you know, you're you're building that relationship, and you're getting them plugged into a service opportunity, and that's going to that's going to point to to spiritual conversations. And you know, since you've built a relationship with them, you've earned the right to be heard in their life. So as they have questions, you're able to to answer them. If you do all that, man, you're going to be getting all kinds of ministry done. That's absolutely right. One other quick thing I would tack on the end of that. It's uh, it's kind of the other side of the coin from what uh, Lee and Glenn were talking about, kind of this one-on-one relationship stuff, which is great stuff. Another way to do this, especially if you're younger, that's very, just if you're looking for something simple that's not going to eat all your time, is to look for, as Jeb was kind of intimating there, an, a situation that's already set up that you can just kind of plug yeah. into. A, uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be explicitly Christian. That's probably better, nope. but if you're just looking to search someone, soup kitchen, um, homeless shelter that maybe has like a hands-out of clothing drive. Nursing home. Nursing homes are great. One Big Brothers Big Sisters or kind of a voice club thing. There's a lot of places to meet somebody's needs. And especially if you want to do something with folks like uh, with homeless folks or folks who are down their luck, a lot of times just as a simple kind of ease and safety precaution, it's a lot better to be part of something that's already existing than try to go um, sit down next to the homeless guy on the street and yeah. talk to him about Jesus. That may work out. If it doesn't work out, it's going to go real bad if that guy's addicted to something or mentally ill. That's not a judgment thing. That's just being smart about it, as we just pointed out. So if you look for something that already exists, that can make a lot of that easier. All right, we're going to go to our next question here. It also came in anonymously with our Tumblr. It says... How can I not come across as desperate when I talk to girls? I look <laughs> around luck. at these wonderful godly women, and I want to date and marry one of, one of them, but whenever I try to talk to them, ask them about themselves, I just get polite answers. I want to connect on a deeper level, but it's just not playing out for me right now. Don't start laughing before I finish the question. I'm really discouraged that I can't get a girlfriend, and on the inside, I'm crying out for a relationship but trying to act smooth on the outside. Glenn, can you start us off? Oh, honey. <laughs> hi, 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 Susie. How are things? <laughs> don't, don't mock the people. Don't mock the Dude, people. Or I've the been... people on this podcast who may have been like that not so very long ago. Don't mock the people. <laughs> We're yeah. hurt, Jed. Yeah, Jed. I've been that guy. I've been that guy. How are you? How are you doing? Impressions. <laughs> just I've been that guy is enough. You could have stopped there, and it would have been nice. Yeah. Okay. And keep going. <laughs> Please make yeah. Jed stop and answer. Yeah, I w- I will. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, we've we've all been there. That that is yeah. why we're laughing. We're laughing at our our younger selves here, and recognizing that's how that goes. And that's I think you ought to be clear. That's how other guys your age are too. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Ain't is, no smooth seventeen year olds. Yeah, exactly right. There are a lot of guys who say they were smooth, but. You weren't there when she was, he was talking to the girl. He's reporting to you well, later. The phrase would be pants wettingly terrified. Yeah, you know that's uh, you know the, there there is no such thing as as a smooth and and uh, uh, you know a, a, a knowledgeable seventeen year old on this kind of stuff or eighteen or nineteen year old to be to be honest. Here's the thing. Um, the the problem that we are working on here is. You're trying to figure out uh, what stuff to say to get you to the place where you need to go. And you're trying to figure out how do I couch that stuff that I say 
in a way that's smooth and slick. Don't do that. Do not do that. That's actually the whole problem. The thing you're trying to do to solve the problem actually is the whole problem. But it worked uh, for Ryan Gosling in the movies. Why wouldn't it work for me in real life? Yeah. No. Here's the thing. Um, if you have no game, uh, 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 then own that fact and make it work for you. If you have no game, simply uh, uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to, to find yourself in front of this young lady. And you're going to do two things, okay? Thing number one you're going to do is you are going to pray and ask God to make you a courageous man. Yeah. I mean, you're going to pray hard, and you're going to receive courage from God, and you're going to use all of it in one go. You're going to have to go back later and get more courage for later because you're going to use this all up in one shot, okay? Thing number two that you're going to do just before you start talking to this young lady is you're going to filter out your thoughts that might be of a sexual nature. Okay. We're going to, we're not going to share our thoughts on that at this stage of the relationship where we're just meeting this person. So we're not going to, we're not going to be naughty. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to filter out all of the, uh, you know, R rated thoughts and whatever. And just keep this, you know, more of the PG-13 variety here. But then what you're going to do, you pray for the courage, you filter out the the, the the triple X thoughts. And you're going to then just tell this young lady exactly what you're thinking and feeling. Exactly. Uh, you're going to tell her, I, I, your hair is pretty. I don't know why I like it. I just do. It smells like strawberries, and when I hug you, I smell strawberries, and it makes me very, very happy and also a little bit hungry, but it makes me very uh, very much like being with you. My Right now, I'm super nervous. My palms are sweaty, and that's why I don't want to hold hands with you, but I want to hold hands with you, but I can't because my palms are sweaty. I feel like I'm making an insanely huge jerk of myself, but you haven't run away, and that makes me like you even more because I'm thinking maybe you're a pretty cool person. Also, you're just very funny and smart and wonderful and amazing when i'm around you it's like i can't breathe and i have asthma and i have an attack but i know it's not that i know it's just that you're so awesome and i think we could be more than friends i have no idea how this is going if i pass out in the middle of this put some smelling salts under my nose and tell me how i did because i'm freaking (laughs) out right now say that just the way i said it say that out loud all in one go any young lady out there would rather hear that than anything in the smooth, slick, whatever, whatever. Hey, girl. Yeah. What are you doing? Exactly. No young lady would rather hear that stuff. Uh, so as you're saying, you're trying to act uh, smooth. Don't act in any way. Young ladies can pick up on that a lot better than men can. They can they can sense an act and they don't like it. That sounds like a, a problem. Last thing, but I think this is the key thing. There's a lack of vulnerability across this whole thing. You are not being vulnerable with your feelings. You're trying to act a certain way. And I think she's dealing, or, or some of these ladies that you're talking to are dealing with the same thing. I asked them about the, themselves. I, I just get polite answers. Now, maybe by the way that you're asking that question, like you're sort of creeping them out or something They're like, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, like if you say, how many times a night do you think you brush your hair? Wow. That was locked in the chamber. It, well, you know, if you, if you, uh, if someone, if, if, if she gives a, a polite answer to that, like, I'm not sure, <laughs> let's change the subject. Then, then that's not a lack of vulnerability on her part. Sometimes you're, you got to read the room. You're just, you're just creeping her out with that. You know? Uh, but if you're, um, if you by contrast are asking her questions about, you know, her life and and her tastes and things that she likes, and she's not being vulnerable on that, and you're on the other side not being vulnerable by, you know, doing all this acting smooth and trying to be a cool brother and whatever else, then neither of you are being open and vulnerable. That means this relationship has no chance to really get off the ground. So what I'm really prescribing to you by being honest and being unfiltered, that's about maximum vulnerability there yeah you may get shot down in that uh but you if you don't do that the alternative is if you don't do that you have no chance at anything real 
Absolutely. Jed? Just build on what Glenn said, man. Um, you know, be honest, be vulnerable, and be honest about what you want. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Glenn said to be honest about how you feel, and that's exactly right. Be honest about what you want, too. I'd like to take you out for a cup of coffee. Um, you know, I'd like to take you on a date to the Starbucks yep. and buy you a fancy coffee drink and hang out together. Yep. That's what I want to do. Um, there are a certain number of people that are going to shoot you down on that. That's okay. It won't kill you. Um, right. There's a certain number of people say, sounds great. Let's do it. Right. You will feel like a million bucks when that occurs. Um, you know, the, the key thing is to be courageous, say the deal, um, say how you feel, say what you want. Um, and then not give up when that, you know, in the chance that doesn't work out, don't let that be the end of your uh, dating life. You know, there there are people that are not interested in dating, period, and there are people that are not interested in dating you specifically, and you may um, talk to a certain number of them, but they're not the only people in the world. There are people that would love to go on a date with you. They think it would be great, but it is about, you know, saying, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I think, you know, a lot of young ladies, and justifiably so, feel like people are not just unclear with them, but are almost kind of deceitful. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's a lot yeah. of the whole friend zone thing is about, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm going to be your friend. And then like you, it's like you owe me something. I, now. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I really don't want to yeah. be your friend, but I'm acting like your friend to get into the friend zone so that you'll be my my girlfriend so that's that's a deception there. that's a deception in the same way you know i mean it's fine if you want to ask them about whatever you know uh you know how was your day and what do you do and whatnot if you're trying to kind of build a conversation to get to know each other but if the idea was i will ask you questions and then you will be obligated to go out on a date with me that's that's not cool mm-hmm. um you know um the the thing to do is to say this is this is how i feel this is what i want to do can i take you out on a date um, and then, of course, the other part of that is being equally cool. If they say no, hey, no problem. You know, uh, you know, I appreciate that. It's, it's no, it's no worries in the slightest. But this is the key thing, man. You can do it. Um, you can, you can pull this off. You got a good heart. You got the courage to be honest about what you're dealing with. To not hide behind a bunch of religious language and weird ideas about soul ties. You're trying to go in the right direction. You're trying to get some wisdom on that. We've got respect for you. You can pull this off. You can do this. Get that courage from the Lord. Um, start talking to people. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you completely strike out with everybody that you know, it's not likely, but if it happens, get on eHarmony. It's a whole right. world full of people that want to be on dates. You can do that. Right. Uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And we know many, many people have great results with that. The key thing is don't give up. Um, right. Keep going to the Lord. Keep getting courage. Keep being real. Keep being yourself. And the more that you do that, the more that you're yourself and just articulate what you want, the better you will get at it. Mm-hmm. And you will slowly learn how to be smooth in a real way. And you'll slowly develop game in a real way. And that will serve you well in the future. We got your back, man. Don't give up. Absolutely. Lee? Well, I think this is all great advice. And I'm just going to add a couple of things on here. This one, one, the first thing is uh, real similar to something Jeb was just saying, which is uh, it, it goes along with the don't give up thing. But specifically, it is don't mourn the, uh, the, you know, the, the strikeouts. Uh, yeah. Move on from them. Because here's the thing about that. We have a tendency to say, like, well, they said no. This person said no. That means I am un, an undateable freak or something like that. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that wasn't the right person for you. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That that you're not you're not going to fit with everybody. And the thing that that one person thinks is really nerdy or dorky or annoying, another girl might think is awesome. Like she just might think you're the funniest person ever because you both like the same whatever, whatever it is, you know. And and so what I would say is, you know, don't get bogged down in the in the times that you have been told no. In the sense that, don't let them. In other words, don't let them interpret who you are. Don't let the fact that somebody turned you down. Don't let that interpret your life as I, that means that I'm undateable. It doesn't mean that. It means that wasn't the right person. There are six billion people. It's like, just keep going, you know? And I realize, of course, they're not all right there in your town, but, but keep going. There are other people to ask out. Last thing that I would say on this, and, um, and I am dead serious about this. I'm not kidding around at all. You, you took a very good step in, in writing this question to us and asking us about this. Here's the problem with asking us. We've never seen you ask a girl out and yep. we've never seen you around a young lady. 
Okay, so we don't know exactly whether or not, you know, you've had a string of bad luck or if you are doing the whole thing wrong. We don't really know that. But I can tell you this, the high school guys that I work with, if some of them who are not dating anybody right now but want to be, if some of them are, are not attached to somebody but they want to be, all they would have to do is text me and say, Lee, what am I screwing up? <laughs> um, and you better believe I know exact. I can fix that dude in about six minutes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And because I've watched him around young women, I've watched him around dudes, you know, and it's like, it's like, dude, I, look, I look, man, you have got to stop farting as loud as you can in front of girls. You have to stop, man. Yeah. And you think I'm I mean, making this stuff up. We're going to apply that universally. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, That's not going to hurt I, your chances. This is what I'm saying. I'm not making this up. I, wow. Look, hey, dude, you have got to stop telling really crass sexual jokes in front of young women. Yeah. You have to stop doing it. Yeah. You know, you look, dude, you have got. Look, when you go play Ultimate Frisbee with your friends, that's great. Don't walk up in here into the youth group smelling like the gym. Like, <laughs> go, right. put some. Put some different clothes in your car. Look, the guy, look, the guys that I know and the guys that I've known throughout my ministry, I love them. Love these dudes. Love them to death. They're great guys. And some of them are going to make great boyfriends for some wonderful young girl. And if they would take, if they would just have the gumption to go to me and to say, hey, dude, what am I messing up? Find, so all that to say, find a man and don't ask a boy, don't ask another, don't ask another teenager, Hello. find a man in your life yep. who has a, a marriage that you respect, who has a walk with the Lord that you can look up to and say, I need to talk to you and I need you to tell me what kind of freak I am. What, what am I messing up that girls don't uh, go out with me? And if he knows you well, he'll be able to look at you and say, Dude, I'm so I've been praying you would ask me this question because let me just line it out for you. It's this, this, and this. You get these things under control, and you're gonna have at least a first date to screw up or not screw up. So find somebody that you trust and ask them point blank, uh, based on what you know about me, what am I screwing up here? I'm gonna be honest, I zoned out a little bit towards the end there, but I think what Lee was suggesting is that you videotape yourself asking a girl out and email it to him. I think that's a smart thing. Yeah. I think that's gonna help us all out. I think it could be a cottage industry and a bridge box service we can offer in the future. <laughs> I think Lee has really hit on a rich vein of ideas, and I'm glad he's on this podcast to hey, suggest man. smart things like that. On top of that, I'll add a couple of real quick things on the end of this. Heard a lot of good stuff. Uh, a couple of kind of overall attitude things is Lee's saying we don't know your particular situation couple of things one don't put women on pedestals they don't like that in reality and that's not good for a relationship you say this thing of like i'm surrounded by all these wonderful godly women no no <laughs> they're sinners like you are they got weird attitudes they look weird in the morning it's all whatever they're all people yeah and if you approach them in a way that does not acknowledge their humanness that can go no way other than being creepy yeah that's not an intentional thing. And again, as, as we were pointing at the beginning of this, we we're laughing at your, as uh, we were laughing, not at your plight, but our own plights in the past. That's something every young man has to figure out on his own. The sooner you figure it out, the better. You may notice that uh, if you're a young, if you're a young man, isn't a teenager in high school, it may seem like, Hey, all the guys who get girls tend to treat them like crap. And maybe I should just start treating them like yeah. crap. No, that's not the lesson to take no. away from that. That's Let's right. take away from that is, don't treat them as if they are some kind of grand ethereal creature because they pick up on that as a weird dynamic. And the other thing there is on that point is I'm really discouraged. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm crying out for a relationship. That's another weird attitude thing. So it can't help but seep through in your <laughs> approach of I need a girlfriend. You'll do. That's not flattering. Yeah. That's not good. Don't do that. Focus on individuals. The question you're asking yourself is not, Will this person be my girlfriend? Oh, God, please, someone be my girlfriend. The question is, is this an interesting person who I think is nice, who I'd like to sit down and have coffee with? Just take that attitude as opposed to spinning it forward into, but what if we get married and what will the kids look like and all this, that, and the other? That's going to freak you out. <laughs> Stop that. And if you'll go on and take some of this other advice from these guys, you'll be fine. We're going to move to our last question here. It came in anonymously on our Tumblr. It says, what does it look like to love Jesus or love God? I hear people talk about loving God. For example, I just want my future husband to love Jesus more than he loves me. Or, are you Lord. in love with Jesus or in love with his gifts? Lord. Or, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's actually a good one. But what does it actually mean? Does it mean to obey his commands or is it a feeling or what? Jed, can you start us off? I love this question. My friend, thank you so, so much for writing this in. I'll tell Church you, would be a better place if people asked these questions more often. Absolutely right. Here's, here's the thing, man, is when, when, we're all, when we were three years old, we had mastered the art of saying, but why? But why? But how come? But why? We actually, when you go to church, you should resurrect your inner three-year-old. Yeah. Um, when people start, when they start with the God talk, your inner three-year-old should come out. But why? But how come? What does that mean? And why is that? And why is that? And the moment they can't answer it, you just learn something about that person and the nonsense they're spewing. Unfortunately, Christians, uh, people who go to church, say a lot of stuff with Jesus sprinkled in there that doesn't mean anything. It's just it's just noise. It's just stuff that they've made up. Not not to single one out. There's a popular praise song that gets quoted on uh, Tumblr and Twitter and social media a lot, um, talking about grace and whatnot. I have no idea what it's talking about. Right. I write lyrics for a living. I could not tell you what this song means. Right. It's quoted all the time. Right. All right. Christians make a habit of doing that, uh, and you figure that out. That's the thing is you're kind of implying your question. You sense maybe what these people are saying doesn't really mean anything. All right. Here's the deal with love. Love is a decision that you make that is manifested in action. It's a decision that you make to be devoted to the good of another being, of another person, and then to act on that decision. That's that's actually what love is. You, you ask at the end, is it a feeling? And I sense you know the answer to that question. It's, it's not a feeling. When you love someone, you will have positive feelings towards them, and those, unfortunately, will come and go just because life and indigestion and, you know, lack of sleep. Uh, Sometimes you'll feel a lot of love. Sometimes you won't feel any love at all. But um, the love as a decision that you're acting on can remain constant as long as you decide for it to remain constant. So what does it mean based on that? What does it mean to love Jesus? It means to care about the things that he cares about and act on them. That's, that's what it means. So when Jesus says that it's important to me that you feed hungry people, that says, all right, I'm going to go feed some hungry people, or I'm going to be involved in some way in the feeding of hungry people. When Jesus says it's important to me that people uh, who are sick have someone to care for them, that means I'm going to be involved in some way making sure that people who are sick have someone to care for them. When Jesus says it's important to me that people who are lonely have someone to talk to them and be with them, you see where this is going. This is actually... How you love Jesus is by caring about the things that he cares about and putting that care into action. In the same way in your own life, um, uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, I care about you being honest with me. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible where um, Jesus says that um, it, it's a lot of churchy language, but it, he says that the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks will worship in spirit and truth. And what he's saying there is God wants people to keep it real with him. That's, that's actually what that means. So since you know that Jesus cares about that, you're going to act on that knowledge, and you're going to keep it real with Jesus. When you pray, you'll be honest. You'll be direct. You'll tell him how you're feeling and what you're concerned about. That's an act of love towards Jesus. And that's something that you can do right now today. There's, there's nothing standing in your way. To go back to these lines for a second, I, I just want my future husband to love Jesus more than he loves me. Are you in love with Jesus or just in love with his gifts? I'd encourage you, man, whenever you hear people break out the Jesus talk and the God talk, just start asking questions. Ask them why. They say, I just want my future husband to love Jesus more than he loves me. Ask them why. And if they can't give you a good answer, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. That doesn't mean they're a bad Christian. But it does mean that they're saying things because they sound religious and like the right thing to say. And we've all done that. We've all been there. We've all said things that we didn't really fully understand, but just seemed like the right thing to say. Uh, same thing, are you in love with Jesus or in love with his gifts? Tell me what that means. Break that down for me. Uh, unpack that. Why do you ask? Right. Um, what you'll find most of the time is people are just repeating stuff they've heard uh, that right. they can't explain to you. And when that happens, again, doesn't mean they're bad people, doesn't mean they're bad Christians, but it does mean you don't need to take that part seriously. Um Loving God is about um, caring about the things that he cares about and putting that into action. That's actually not a complicated idea, um, and you don't need to let people complicate it for you. Absolutely, Lee. Well, one of the things I'd ask you on this is when do you feel loved by people and when do you not? Um, you know, you, you, are, you are a person with a valid uh, viewpoint on the world. You, you have a point. And you know when you feel loved by people and when you don't. What is, 
what you know what like if you had if you had a tank like your gas like your car has a gas tank and you had a tank inside you where you like certain relationships you feel you you sense this person you know this person loves me sometimes you feel they love you sometimes you sense they love you but you know they love you and then you have other relationships where you don't have any there's no love coming in there at all what's the difference in that what might you know what does love look like to you what does it look like to somebody else and and how can you reciprocate that thing back to jesus i mean i think one of the things that's so interesting is in uh in you know in in you know i've got three kids and uh they're i got a 10 year old i've got an 8 year old and i've got a 5 year old and the thing that they want the most from me is they want to know do you love me they want to know it. They want it to be said. They want it to be shown. And and the way that they want it to be shown a lot of times is they want to spend time together. They want to spend unhurried time together. They want to be together. They want to, and they want to have it expressed. And these are all valid things. I mean, it's really cool when you hang out with little kids, how much love is important to them. You know, when we, if, if we have a situation where we have to do some kind of disciplining or something like that, one of the things that kids want to know immediately is do you still love me is this are are we still doing that and it's like it's such a cool thing it's like one part of love is expressing it i mean expressing it and expressing it in a way that means something to you to you know so when you know what are ways that people in your life express love to you that that you that that it makes sense to you and it's like that's right and that's actually that's actually true and i actually feel that coming from you and i actually believe that that's true and what might that mean for jesus it's like, that's a really good question. I mean, take some time and think about it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you taking some time and, and, and talking to the Lord about, Lord, what would it mean for me to love you? I don't want to just repeat these things. I, I love what Jed said about the, uh, gosh, the song lyrics, because I feel like whenever I listen to certain song lyrics, I feel like the first line of this verse is about this, and the second line, it's about that, and then the second verse is about something. Cl- We're not even talking about the same thing. What's what's even going on here? But you just, if you get alone with Jesus, and you guys are talking about it, and you're saying to him, I want to understand what it means to love you, and I'm sincere about this, and I want you to help me figure it out. Here's a really, really cool thing. I can absolutely promise you in that moment, he's going... Hey, I'm feeling it right now, man. I mean, the very fact that you sincerely are wanting to figure this deal out, that you want to know what loving me looks like, we're already starting in a really great place. It's you and me. We're spending time together. We're trying to work this thing out. I mean, this is this is kind of the pathway of getting down on this deal is, is you getting alone with Jesus and figuring out, I want to express love. I want to spend time with you. I want to fill up that love tank for you and whatever that means. And I want you to help me understand that. You're a person. You know what love feels like to you What what you when you know you're receiving it. So how could you get with Jesus and figure out what he wants? I mean, it might be a totally different thing for you to express love to Jesus than it is for me. And so Getting alone with Jesus, figuring that thing out, I think is a big part of it too. Yeah, totally, Glenn. Yeah, I'm going to uh, pick up a little bit on on uh, you know some of the direction that Jed was talking about. A, a certain amount of what it uh, of your questions line up with quite a few questions we get in the same vein, yep. which makes us think that you're maybe hearing one of these bad preaching ideas that tend to float around you. You get these weird, dumb, bad theology, bad manipulative nonsense kind of uh, ideas that can kind of spread throughout the church. And then you, you know, some of that kind of lands at our feet and we're like, where on earth did that come from? You know? So just that stuff swirls around and I get a certain number of questions about this loving God and what does it really mean? And what it comes down to is someone has said, if you really loved God, you wouldn't do all this stuff. Um, And so that's a manipulation point. It's, it's me saying I can prove you don't love God because of the way that you act. So I'm making you feel bad about your actions so that you love God more. I guess so stupid. Certainly not. So you do the thing I want you to do. Where would that even come from? You know, it, when I say it out loud, it doesn't make any sense, but for some of these people, as Jed is suggesting, 
They just haven't thought it through at enough all. to, you know, whatever. They all they know is manipulation. That they, that's just <laughs> they just throw that out there without even thinking about it. Um, so let's start there. Um, you said, you know, how do I n- know if I'm in love with Jesus or in love with His gifts? You know what, um, <laughs> dude. Here's what I'm saying. Don't, <laughs> just don't judge your love for God. Yeah, you love him. Mom. That's it. Yeah. He never, he didn't say, you know, uh, hey, you better love me right or forget it. Yeah. I mean, the the whole idea of that just sounds absurd when I say it out loud. But someone has preached that to you, I guess, in a way that must have made sense to the room. It wouldn't have worked for me. But, you know, um, so first and foremost, don't judge your love for God and the way that you love God. You love what you love about him. That's, you know what? God's happy with that. Sure. So you will, you will figure out more about God, and then you'll know what to love then. You, if you don't know God very well right now, how are you supposed to love him for who he is and all of his infinite little complexities <laughs> and aspects and stuff? You don't know that. D- d- I'm trying to talk logic to the people. <laughs> And I, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm the, the lone voice of sanity here. Uh, here's the other thing about love. Don't ever, never, don't ever, 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 never let anyone question your love for God. If you have a pastor who says, hey, if you do X, that means you don't love God. I'm not kidding. Find that guy in the parking lot, you and him, and say, don't ever question my love for God. That's none of your business. You don't belong in there. You don't. You don't. You don't put that on anybody else. This is my relationship, my love, my interaction. You don't know anything about it. You don't know how it goes down. Don't. Uh, uh, don't uh, act as though you, as an outside observer, can come in and judge me on on what you see me doing, what you see me not doing, and tell me this is what all this means. I mean, certainly, uh, everybody on this podcast, we see people do things that if the love of God was in them, they surely wouldn't act the way that they do. But the idea of going up to that person, looking them in the eye and saying, you don't love God because you do X, that's just a step too far. That's between them and God. We wouldn't do that. Uh, Whatever pastor you have, don't let other people question your love for God. That's between you and God. Your love for God should be unmanipulatable. Yeah. That's again, it's private. It is personal. This is between you and God. Nobody else enters that space. Nobody else talks about it. Um, the the when Jesus died, there was a they had the temple, you know, where the the, the Jews all worshipped in the temple, and there was a, a a part in that temple that the only the high priest could go into, and only once a year. And they tied a rope around his leg when he went in there. In case he died, they go fish him out with a rope and stuff because no one else could go in there. And it was, that's this place they called the Holy of Holies. And when Jesus died, the 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 curtain to that temp, that that part of the temple was ripped open. It means we, all of us, now have access to be in that most holy, intimate place with God. And when you're in there with God, nobody else should be in that space. Nobody else should be commenting on it. Nobody else should be questioning that. Uh, you're, here's, the, here's the bottom line on all this theologically and whatnot. When you love God with all your heart, you will be transformed over time in a steady, continuous process that will take place over time. Yep. Do not let someone step to you today and say, today you are doing this. That means you don't love God. God is fixing some things in you today. He's going to fix some other things in you tomorrow. He's going to fix something else the day after that. That And because you love him, you're letting him change all those things. But don't let somebody come to you at the beginning of that process and say the process doesn't exist because they can pick out one thing they see wrong with it uh, that's slated for later in the process. You can yeah. see you can see how this needs to be something private and intimate and personal right. between you and God, because you and God have worked it out. This guy coming in is not a part of that process. And that's also why Jed is suggesting we need to ask questions of these people to determine whether they have the real wisdom yeah. to disciple us on this. That's where a lot of this comes from. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the chops to disciple somebody. Say, you know what? I'm going to manipulate them, make them feel like crap. And then they'll follow my lead 
lead, and I'll tell them to do a bunch of Jesus-y things, and that's how we're going to you know, lead the church or whatever. That is uh, the people on this podcast. That's not how we operate. That's not how you should operate. And uh, believe me, we get more ministry done on accident. And a lot of these people get done on purpose. So uh, uh, respect that love that other people have for the Lord. Uh, uh, make sure that love that you have for the Lord is in a private place. That's absolutely great. You've you've heard a lot of good stuff on this. I want to put one little specific thing in your uh, your question here. This idea, which we hear in a lot of places from a lot of jacked up people. Are you in love with Jesus or just in love with his gifts? No. Yeah. And if you want, right. if we want to give you a little uh, help to answer that point, you can point out to someone or you can just know for yourself that God describes himself by the gifts he has given people. He refers to himself multiple times in the Old Testament as your God who brought you out of Egypt. Yep. Your God who made manna fall from the sky. Those are That's things right. he did for people. Jesus is obviously referred to as a savior. Yep. Savior something he does to you in the, G- in the New Testament. Jesus talks about God who makes things grow, God who makes the rains fall and the crops come. God is not mad at you for liking the stuff he gives you. That's why he yeah. gave it to you. Yeah. Well, you have in that case, and I would do this to give a very specific case of how this manipulation works, is you have a preacher or a pastor or an author or whatever telling you, you shouldn't like stuff. You should just love God. Maybe you should give that stuff to me. Yeah. And not uh-huh. be so worried about your stuff. There and you I can have stuff because I can handle it, unlike all you filthy sinners <laughs> who only worry about stuff. Right. And uh, that's how manipulation works. As Glenn pointing out, if you know, have some scriptural foundation, have prayed through that, Know when some, why why and when someone try to manipulate you makes you very difficult to manipulate, which unfortunately is very important in the Christian culture. All right, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridgechicago.tumble.com. Remember our bridgebox service, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Also remind you that we have some other podcasts. The Bridge Podcast comes out every Monday. That's a 20 to 25 minute little digital worship service with music from mainly from Bridgebox and sermons from Glenn and occasionally I'll pop up on there from either Bridgebox or sometimes recorded just that week at the Bridge, depending on what the topic is. It's a great way to have a little uh, kickstart to your week and you look worship. And then every Friday comes out the Bridge Loud. And that's oh, yeah. the same kind of thing, but it's turned up to 11. It's all loud rock music. So if you're into that kind of thing, fast drums loud guitars screaming vocals all that good stuff you can find that every friday and check that on itunes the bridge loud or you can find those uh both will, they'll pop up on our blog on the day they come out so that's richchicago.tumble.com and uh pretty soon there'll be a new episode of lee's podcast called the water tower coming out so you can uh go ahead ooh, and ooh. be on the lookout for that you can go to itunes right now there's three seasons of that up i believe you can uh search the water tower on itunes go ahead and subscribe and when that brand new one drops you will be the first to know all right thanks for listening we love you god loves you there's nothing you can do about it worth suing since 2012 <laughs>